If you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep going. Winston Churchill. Let's discuss what we did during difficult times and how we got through them. Join us, Strikers, next on The Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to, to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution. And temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the, life, and the fires of life are all quenched, Grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. 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 All right. Well, uh, Strikers, welcome to... Strikers. Strikers. We got him. We you got, got him. Yeah. I haven't got to that episode. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I just... Uh, well, spoiler sorry. alert. <laughs> you ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> Again. So, uh, welcome to the brushing. Uh, I sound a little, a little off there. I lost a friend... We lost a friend uh, last weekend to COVID, and uh, wanted to after just wanted to put this out for Courtney Yarborough. He is uh, a good friend of mine. Spent a lot of time with him in the hallways, talking with him. He, always a great smile. Uh, he was 45 years old, left behind four children and his wife Kim. And uh, we have a GoFundMe um, link in the show notes to help out the family as they move forward. Uh, but I just wanted to give a moment of silence uh, for Courtney. And, uh, yeah, just... Uh All right. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, really loving guy. So I wanted to give that out to him, uh, a little bit to him. So, Alan, you want to bring in the rest of the brushing? Yeah, so we've got the L.A. Dream Center mission trip coming up. Uh, there's a link to support Scott on the trip. Uh, it'll be down in the show notes. For those that are able to read to help out, uh, just Scott will be sending daily updates of the outreach. Uh, any donations over $200, uh, there will be a daily Zoom call to come with it. So think of it like a little prize that you get. Yeah, you get to chat with me every day. How, how awesome is that? I mean, he's, got, would, he's got some great jokes. Who would? <laughs> I heard... Uh, also one more week left in our we in our next giveaway uh, a new book from gary gregory called the super the super fantastic process so uh, we have a contest going on with that as well if you can answer two questions uh, and email those questions to mighty anvil podcast at gmail.com or email the answers to those questions to mighty anvil podcast at gmail.com we can enter you in our little giveaway here and those two questions, um, on the f- front cover of the book, it speaks to becoming a salt-of-the-earth leader. So question number one is, what verse did Jesus call his disciples salt-of-the-earth? And the second question is, and what else did he call them in the next verse? Mm, I know the answers. You do? I do. I'm not going to give them out, That's though. Okay, smart guy. <laughs> I got it written down here. So we're doing a little something different today. Um, we have two guests on. Uh, it's a little unusual. Usually we just have one guest. Yeah. 
Uh, these two gentlemen uh, have been an important role in my life in the past four years. Uh, one of them is a driven individual. Uh, he's got me to where I am right now, uh, pushes me, makes me better, uh, and I am very thankful for that, thankful for the opportunities that he's put in my life. Uh, the other gentleman, man, I, there's very few people in this world with such a huge heart. He's always got something nice to say. He's always encouraging. Yeah, so uh, today on the show we have Mark Kachura and Jorge Niave. Did I say it right? Am I getting better? Yeah, that was good enough. That was good enough? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> All right on, guys. Well, welcome to the show. How are y'all doing today? Doing awesome. Thanks We're for doing fantastic. Us. Thank right you. On. So we usually kick off the show with uh, telling us a little bit about yourselves, your church life. Core values are a huge thing here. So we want to know your core values, core scriptures that you go by. Uh, and just a little bit more, anything else that y'all want to bring up? Jorge? So, who am I? I can answer that question. I co well, one, one thing I'm, I will speak about myself, I come from Mexico. I, I moved uh, to U.S. like six, almost six, six years ago. And if I need to describe myself, I will be describing myself like a husband, son, brother, and a friend. And I consider, I consider myself like uh, very uh, an extrovert person, but also kind of uh, reserved with my personal things. So I can be very, very fairly friendly, but sometimes I'm not too open. So th that that would be like a good description of who I, who I am. But when I'm very close to person, I, I like to give a lot to them. And, and that has shown in my life in the past couple of years since I've known you. Yes, absolutely. The extrovert, yeah, you are. You, you like to be around people and you uh, encourage people. And I can see where you're kind of private too, so absolutely. Uh, core verse? Core verse. So I was doing kind of my, my homework for this one. And I kind of uh, find this one, Ephesians 2, 4. But God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great. So I, I relate to this one because I think as a God that he is always a forgiveness God. So even if you do anything bad, if you are not in your zone, if you make a mistake, he's going to be there for you. And I think that's very important. That's, that's what I, um, my faith gets more onto that. That you are going to be always uh, having someone that is going to be there for you. Yes, I agree with that. I like it. Yeah. Um, core values, top three? Top three, love, service, and respect. Service, what does service mean to you? Give. Giving? Giving. And respect. Tell me a little bit more about respect. Well, I think you need to respect yourself. First, you need to respect your relationships with other people. And I think respect is like the foundation of how you make your life. So if you you always uh, respect yourself, you're going to be taking care of your health. You're going to taking care of you, what you put in your mind. You're going to ta uh, take care of all all these kind of uh, good things and interesting things. But And the other thing, if you respect my wife, for example, uh, I will make the best to have this relationship taken care. When you lose respect, you lose everything. Yeah, I can. Yeah, respect is goes a long way. Absolutely. 
Uh, church life. You said you grew up in Torreon. What's yeah, I grew I grew up in Mexico, a city called Torreon. Um, it's in the north, Coahuila. So, I I I was born as a Catholic. I was raised as a Catholic, and I have been always following these uh, Catholic rituals. Let's call it that way. And then, um, in my teenage teenage um, uh, time, I I got into a church like group where we it was like a leadership. We call it like a leadership group. Gotcha. So <clears throat> we we were like. Um, having um, a group every Saturday on the evenings to have conversations with kids and then we have like a retirement every year and it was kind of like the season of the of the main or, or, or the goal of the of the group I was there like three years and it was very it, it, it pulls you because it, it you the relationship that you have with your friends or, or the people that comes to the group is very nice and the other thing is you connect with the God so that that's kind of uh, the the important part, but the other thing is um, I I make a, a very strong relationships there, mm -hmm. and then I I kind of left away. I put everything on my career, and that's kind of something that relates very very hardly with the SoCon. So I have been putting all these things to my career. I moved to US, and then I get to know Scott. Right on. And Scott start uh, talking about God, and that kind. Of of ring the bell, I like. Okay, Scott, tell me more about God. And then Mark, Scott, and myself start uh, getting together and every week and speaking about the Bible. We were just reading randomly. Let, let's call it randomly the Bible. Yep. And it it, it it resonates on me. I like it. It it, it was part of my life. And then uh, Scott and Mark started the SoCon. And I think uh, we had like a like um, empty space there, and then me reconnecting another time with this Ocon is, is kind of an interesting. So it's, it's, it has been on and off. I have a, a reason, but I think um, my connection needs to be growing stronger and harder. Right on. Well, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Mark, how are you doing today? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing Good. well. Yeah. Core values, core scripture. A little bit of who I am, um, Mark Cachura. I like to say I'm uh, Czech's Mex. My mom's from Mexico. <laughs> my mom's, uh, my dad's from Czech, or Czech Republic. Um, who I am, I would say I'm a father. Um, I'm a brother. I'm uh, a loyal friend. I would say I'm a son to my to my parents. I'm also an imperfect uh, human being and a, a son to our Lord and uh, Savior Jesus Christ. I would probably end that statement with maybe I'm a, a humble, hardworking servant leader that looks to empower uh, people to find their why. If I go into a little bit of my church life, I would say um, grew up Catholic, was raised Catholic by both uh, my parents. They're very strict religious Catholic family. That was all I really knew. Um, it was kind of this uh, go to mass, strict, stand up, stand down, um, this is sin, that kind of relationship. So um, I, I, if I'm being honest, I didn't really ha get too much out of it up until I uh, remember let's say being saved for the, the second time if I count my first communion as kind of being um, introduced and, and accepting the, uh, the Lord into my heart. I was at Church in the Rock in Lubbock, Texas and um, was at a non-denominational church and was going through real temptations like everyone does in, in college and had 
pastor just started speaking and um, talking real life and asked everyone to kind of go to the front of the church. And that's, I would say, the first time that I kind of felt the presence of God in me and accepted him um, at that age in my life. So since then, it's been a constant journey of um, trying to find that path, the right path, find a home in a church. Um, and it's brought me to kind of here, working with you gentlemen. I've had two experiences in SoCal and the third one that I walked away from that I'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, and m meeting great men that are, you know, pouring into me and I'm trying to pour into others. So, um, if I jump a little bit, me to core values, kind of speak and talk about who I am and how they guide me. I'd say um, passion is definitely one up there. Um, if you know Eric Thomas, a uh, quote from him is, uh, no alarm clock needed, my passion wakes me up. So I try to kind of use that in everything I get involved in or do. Um, intrinsic motivation, if you will, something that's just kind of in your, in your core. Um, you don't really have to ask yourself why you're here, why you get up every morning for uh, doing what you do. If I think about another one, resilience, that would be one that I probably just added to that. Um, if I define that for a second, um, able to withstand or recover quickly from a difficult condition. So definitely a personal situation I'm going through here recently um, that taught me that and kind of why it made the list. And then maybe one that's been fundamental since the beginning, integrity. I think I just like to pride myself on being a person or an individual that um, does the right thing when no one's looking, um, not when you're doing it to get credit or you think God thinks you should do it or anything like that. It's just one of those things you just um, have in your in your nature, and I think you should carry with you um, going forward. You know, uh, on that second core value there um, in resilience, you said you just kind of adopted it. Um, knowing you as I do, I would say that that has been in you since you were a child. Knowing your background and how you were raised and uh, and and brought up and where you were raised your your circumstances, um, I'd also probably say from knowing you, yep, you got that from your mom. Um, yeah, I would say that that's not something that you just recently adopted. I would say that that core value has been in you for a long time. Well, I appreciate that. If I if I accept the the compliment and maybe reflect, I probably saw that as like overcoming adversity and didn't really attribute it to being. A core value it was just kind of happening on a daily basis if you will mm -hmm. from all the reasons that you said i think when the circumstance that i just walked away from i really kind of had to step away and say who am i after this you know circumstance who am i gonna is it gonna change me what am i gonna learn from it what am i you know is it gonna define how i go forward so that's really why i kind of made the list if i wanted to make it more concrete if you will i got you i got you yeah right. you want to kick us off with some uh sure questions? yeah well, so Jorge, as a man of God, what do you find that you struggle with? Hmm. A man after God. <laughs> Surprise questions, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I struggle with my my constants. I think it, it's more about constants because I I get in this kind of rush of energy and excitement. Yeah. And then suddenly it goes down. So I'm in up, I'm down, up, down, up, down, and more times more down than up. So I think it's uh, if I if I use a good example about constant, it's got it's got so it's there, good or bad, it's going to be there. So I, I think I need to put a, a little bit more work on on the constancy. Okay. Inconsistency with in what? Like um, going to church. Okay. Every Sunday. Praying every day. The, this kind of consistency. So can help me a lot on the, on this one. And I have never experienced that that kind of consistency, like uh, getting on my knees and praying the the Lord's uh, pray. But I mean, um, I have never done that before. 
it felt good. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, some sometimes I was not doing it in the morning because I was just getting ready for work, but I always during the SOCOM do it, and it helped me. It helped me to be good with myself. Do you think you'll carry that forward? In that yeah yeah and work on the consistency. This yes. is what we were saying. Right on, right on. How about you, Mark? What do I struggle with? With the uh, chasing after the Lord. I would have to say finding a home. I think every time um, I've made an attempt to or be intentional about um, since Church on the Rock, when I explained that, um, integrating into a church, finding a group of men, um, there's always been some reason or something that's uh, held me back, mostly internal to myself. I think it's something that the more I learn, the more I realize that the opportunities with my own growth and figuring out where I'm going to fit in because I think there's been a lot of great opportunities and I don't know why that is I think I'm still on that um, path to figure out where that where that's going to land and where it's going to take me but I would say that's the biggest thing that I want to show because I know that I wanting to build a community and get a part of a group is in me it's a part of who I am and what I want to do but not being able to find that and kind of flourish in it has been a constant thing that I've prayed about a lot you know why is it that it can't be here why wasn't it this place um, so I would say that's the biggest thing that's constantly on my mind is when am I going to have that in opportunity and fully just dive into it and let go. Kind of on that note, when um, you hear yourself uh, talking about finding a place where you can connect with men, do you think that that's a need for every man is to find a group of men that they can bond with or what have you? Absolutely. Why do you think that is? I think all too often we have, um, I would say, ego things that pride um, these things that we think are um, items that we can't be transparent or vulnerable with mm -hmm. and kind of put them on the table mm -hmm. and, and share them amongst the group of men for whatever reasons we think we're going to be looked at as insecure or vulnerable and those things don't typically associate with kind of how society looks at how we should carry ourselves. So I think when you find that, I think it allows people to kind of let that guard down and actually um, take a mask off and just say, this is who I really am. And it's not always easy to do that on the home front or with others. So I think it's something that um, key 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 to just kind of build those connections um, allow someone to kind of fully just let all that stuff out and have other people that can also share that with them hmm Jorge uh, when you were going back to uh, back in Torreon and you were in your group was it all male female no men and women okay it was a mixed group yeah and what age group was that it was uh, from the 16th, and there was people even from 25, 28 okay. years. But it was designed for people from 16 to 23. Gotcha. So biggest takeaway from uh, SoulCon? My, my biggest takeaway is it's very inspirational and motivational. So it inspires you. And I think, I, I think we had this conversation. So it inspires you to be like a soldier, to be part of this kind of SWAT team of God that it's going to help you or to throw you these kind of challenges that you are going to be using God as an arm and then going to uh, and overcome them. And the other thing is it motivates you to, to get together with men. I think um, this, this story is very nice because it speaks about two friends that go to the SOCON and they start meeting more people. So it can, can uh, going back to Alan's question, it's kind, kind of motivational that you are part of one team, you get to learn, you, you bring your guy, and then you get to learn new guys that are going to be part of your team. And I think as, a, as, as humans, we are social.
So we just want to be part of something. I don't think that it just needs to be like male or, or, or so. Sometimes you have it defined in your family. Sometimes you don't. So <clears throat> you, you need to be part of these kind of groups. And, and, and reading the book, I think this, this is very nice. And like the Sergeant Buxley always put like this effort to bring everyone together and to, uh, for example, where they are running together, they need to wait for 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 the other guy. So yeah. the, 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 I think this, this this motivates you to think out of the box. How can you do or resemble these kind of things with your life, with the kind of groups that you already hang on, or or how you want to introduce this kind of thing? What was your biggest takeaway, Mark, from uh, the first? You went through it two rounds before. Okay. Yeah. I'd have to say, um, if I put it into context, so I did SoCon twice and then try to come at this this third time and then walked away uh, somewhere in between that. And I think when I was listening to the episode with Dan, that's when it kind of hit me um, and I had that big takeaway. And he put it in the sense that you have to be willing to um, let the old version of yourself die and allow yourself to be transformed um, and, and walk in this new walk with, with uh, your journey with Christ in order to fully embrace that experience. And I think what I learned was in round three, I wasn't. And that was my takeaway is that if you're not ready to do that and kind of lay it down and let that old version of me, um, like let them go, it's going to, it's going to turn out the way that it did. You know, you're going to, you're going to self doubt, walk away, be ashamed, those kind of things. So I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that, you know, when you walk into that, have that kind of mindset and, um, that level of mental preparedness, if you will. Why do you think it was hard to let that go this time? I think if I'm being honest with myself, Alan, I don't think I ever let it go. I think I told myself I did in round one and two, and then um, it ultimately led me back to the circumstance that I just uh, went through. And then when I try to kind of use SoulCon as an opportunity to kind of transform and go through that, um, it was just too hard to face, and I'm still probably trying to figure out how to let it go and, and move into that transformation. You had some questions that I keep thinking, but uh, not, not quite yet, not quite yet. Alan, what you got for him? Did you find that going through SoulCon, did you find that your prayer life changed? Absolutely. I would say um, that sitting down and having the Lord's Prayer every day forced you to have a conversation with God and, and for it to become more intimate and to set the tone for your day. Um, it also, I think SoulCon in general, just makes you kind of take a self-inventory um, of what your relationship is like with the Lord. So I think all of those are those two main items. Um, had me have more conversations with them, had me be more transparent, more accountable, um, just have kind of more of an open conversation about this is where I'm going and where do you want me to go. And so absolutely, I think it, um, it, it allowed it to flourish and kind of um, opened up a lot of lines of communication that I probably was ignoring or just not having. And Jorge, for you, did you notice that it had any kind of ripple effect? Yeah, my days turned out very well. I think it, it gives it gave me the... the um, like when I was in my knees after I did the Lord's Prayer I was kind of uh, thanking for my wife and for everything and then asking like please let me be a good man today so yeah I mean, it gave me a lot of uh, patience yeah I was going to say I, I noticed that too going through SoulCon um, I would find out at first it was just like oh I was Lord's Prayer and then that was it and then I, over time it was like well, let me pray for this too. 
Let me add this in there. Let me thank God for my wife. Let me thank God for the, my, our son and future ones to come. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's transformational for anybody that goes through it and allows themselves to uh, be transformed by, by the book. Mark, how do you handle going through hell when those tough times are? Here's a tough question. I would say that I become very transparent, very accountable, um, try to put everything on the table and be very intentional about what I want to go through and, and what I want to allow to happen. The challenge with that is um, there's something inside of me that it's the, the, the shame, the guilt that keeps pushing back and holding it. It's the devil, I would say, that's keeping me from actually putting all that and just releasing all of that. Um, why I prepare that way or why I go through it that way is because I want to come out the other side of it and I want to come out cleansed and I want to go through it. Um, but in order to do that, I have to achieve what I said, which is kind of being completely transparent, being fully vulnerable, put, being accountable for everything that's, that's happened. So those are kind of what I see as like the roadblocks along the way and then um, being intentional about walking through it and not try to avoid it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to ask a hard question um, because I think that one of the things that I believe in is when you're going through something, it's for you to learn something and also for other people to know that, that, you, you, that you can help them and that they're not alone. Because a lot of times when you're going through something, people can tend to uh, withdraw and and that negative voice can speak louder than anything. And when you know that you're not alone in a situation, I truly believe that that helps you get through the situations. I noticed that, um, I noticed that you kind of withdraw, Drew, for a couple of weeks. I allowed myself, even though I didn't, wasn't, I'm not a fan of that. I was going to chase after you, man. Um, it, it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is, uh, it, it means a lot to me. Mark is uh, an important person in my life, so I'm not trying to call him out uh, on, on the podcast. But how do you think, seeing my point of view and, and how I believe in that I needed to be there for you, and that um, you think of a different way and you just needed some time to back off. Um, what are some positives on, on be being alone time? How do you keep that voice, that negative voice, out of your head? And do you see any benefits of, instead of backing away, leaning towards your brothers that are there for you? So the first question I would say benefits of... Withdrawing, I'd probably say none. I would say it's m more of just a, a grieving process and kind of um, sitting in it with your with yourself and kind of self-reflecting and um, having those moments, right? I would say um, it does become kind of a, a vicious negative cycle, if you will. So I wouldn't see if there's any benefits other than just part of the process, I would say. Um, so this just has to happen. You know, you're, you're walking through shame and guilt and, and the whys and everything, but you're having a conversation with, with God and you're not looking for any external influence quite yet um, but when it comes to what you're mentioning um, I would say yes you know absolutely there's there's a lot of positives I mean I think you know very much that you're you, you know Jorge mentioned that you've been a constant 
consistent person that continues to bring Jesus back to the table and back to the plate. You know, for me to say, hey, what are you doing? There's people here. Um, you had a bunch of brothers reach out just the other day when it was my birthday, you know, and just say there's still a plan for you if you're still on this earth, God's got you. Um, so I think those kind of things remind you that there's still a light at the end of the tunnel. There's still a path forward. There's people that are on your side. So I think there's, um, I mean, I can go on and on forever, but yes, there is, I think there's a time and place for everything in that entire process when you're going through hell or through a certain circumstance. And so just being self-aware and knowing when you lean in or when you step away, I think is important. But I mean, I think everyone's circumstance and situation is going to be custom and personal as long as um, you just adjust or adopt to whether you're looking for that support and that brotherhood and, and reach out or whether you're taking some time for yourself. How do you stop your negative talk? It's a tough one. Um, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I, I give it, I let it allow, allow it to happen so that I can uh, get perspective. And then I kind of offset it with, you know, positive self-talk and do some things that put me in the right mindset, if you will. So. What are some things that help you put, help get you in that right mindset? Uh, prayer, working out, exercise, family. You know, I, I ran off a couple times, hung out with the brothers, my mom. It's around people that kind of take you back to your home front. Right on. Remind you that you're loved. Hey, how's how were the physical challenges during SoCon for you? Not so good. Not so good. Why is that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I mean, I don't think the, the difficulty was not the physical. I, I didn't plan and get ready for them. Um, I mean, I have been working out almost for one year. I think I'm fit enough to, to be accomplishing them. I think the first two weeks were I was very strong. I was telling Mar that for some reason I got injured during my sleep. That's like kind of weird. That's what, that's what happens when you get old, right? No, 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 no. Sorry, didn't mean to speak that over. I, because there was no reason I, I, my my knee was was hurting me. Probably that was a challenge. Probably there was the devil. I have never thought about that. But then everything went downhill. I was I was expecting my this. I, I was looking forward for these days. Um, uh, with, for the max up, max, max push up, yeah. And, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't make it work. I try, I, probably because I didn't try hard enough. And if, if someone is listening to me, if you are doing this so well, try hard. What advice would you give those for to stay motiv- motivated? I think just try hard and do it for you, not for no, nobody else. It really is a challenge for yourself. Um, although you're not competing against anybody, I found myself competing <laughs> that's just who I am. Uh, I always wanted to do more than anybody else, um, but st- staying staying motivated it really is for you. Uh, we've noticed uh, we were talking about this last night about how week three and f- week four and five people kind of just drop off, and it's been consistent with every team that I've talked to. And it's really weird how um, we have we have a hard time keeping going. Why do y'all think that is? Why do we go strong first three weeks and then all of a sudden we're just kind of like not there anymore? I think it's, it's it's part of the commitment. You need to be like really in the in the beginning. Think about the short-term goals and the long-term goals. Well, at the end you're going to be finalizing this, and this is how you're going to become. But at, uh, and, and the other thing, I I think. Um, having these conversations of what is the week about and what are you going to be accomplishing. And, and the other thing is 
your biggest challenge is with you. If you put, just give yes. me one number. Give me one number of your max max push-ups. One. One hundred. One hundred and fifty. Okay. I will keep you accountable for that. If if you say max, probably for it's 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 very difficult because no no everyone is in the same in the same pace. Or asking like, how do you want me to help you? I, probably that's that's a good question. Hmm. I mean, how can I help you? We we have this conversation, but we are a group, and I never ask someone else. I think that's a part of the other the other one of the other benefits parts for SOCON is building brotherhood. And I think it's a huge thing. I think uh, it is when you're going through something tough that you know, one, you can count on that person to help see you through. We try to line people up with swim buddies as well um, to get through it. Mark, why do you think that people uh, start to fall off around week four? As human beings, we don't really think past the initial excitement about yeah, I want to do this. I'm excited, and and then all of a sudden it gets real. You know, the the part where the discipline and the commitment and the hard um, being uncomfortable, you know, coordinating schedules, doing life at home, all that comes front and center. And all of a sudden, you know, a lot of people just succumb to that and just either you know fold and give in or um, weren't really truly committed to begin with in the beginning. Um, so I just think you just need to challenge yourself and really think. Is this something I can commit to when it gets tough, when it gets hard, when there's a million excuses to say, I'm out, you know, I don't want to do this. I think that's, for me, probably the schedule your mindset longer than that first initial, like, yes, I'm excited to, you know, do this, and, and thinking about what it's going to take to make it to the finish line. I think I asked, oh, go ahead. No, I was, go ahead. I was going to ask, I think I asked Jorge already, but what, what have you, since you went through two rounds, those previous rounds, what have you brought out of that and kept going? The Lord's Prayer on my on, on my knees. Um, I would say that's been pretty consistent throughout the most the most part, and even through um, some of the tough times. And then I would say really just kind of a better overall lifestyle of eating. I would say um, I walked away from that, and um, I've done a couple of different things, but just eliminated overall just foods that just aren't uh, good, or aren't healthy for you, you know. Um, to where sometimes and, and then the fasting as well. I've done pretty much. You know, I did probably just the fastest past week, Monday and Tuesday, two days straight. Um, it's something I enjoy. It puts you kind of in a spiritual, you know, sense where it's pushing you um, to think about other things. Um, you're restricting other, other, let's say, um, sins, if you will, from your life. So I, I, those are two things I can definitely say I've, I've carried with me and um, been pretty consistent with. Aside from the Lord's Prayer in the morning, do you guys find that you're praying more often? That's kind of... I'm, I would say not pray, but I, I was thinking about God. Okay. I was thinking about God because sometimes when I meet someone, it's like, God, what do I need to learn here? I'm in this situation. So that, that has been very common through my life. But at now, after reading this book, I think uh, it makes more sense. What about you, Mark? I would answer it in a similar fashion. I wouldn't say that I pray more often. I would say that when challenges or, or things present themselves in my everyday life, I a lot more often now look and um, say, Lord, I'm giving this to you, and I'm trusting wherever you're going to take this and whatever I need to learn um, as I go through it. Um, I, I know you've got me. So whereas in the past I would probably play more of a 
why you know a little bit of a victim mentality right yeah. why are you doing this to me lord or look for other answers on this world um versus just saying you know what i'm going to look to him and he's going to tell me how to handle this and what i'm supposed to learn from it yeah. one of my favorite things and i think i've mentioned this on the podcast before is uh, there's a song by stephen furtick i forget which one it is but he talks about god didn't say it was going to be easy he said he's going to make you better and uh i like the way that you you flip the script there on how it was a victim mentality why me god why is this happening to me and and now you've gotten it to the point of how how do i get through this uh i know you're there that kind of thing i i, I like how you flipped that that's really good I, I think when it when it came to me was i was sitting there one day feeling sorry for myself and i thought you know look at everything that jesus gave up and, and god for us on a much larger scale right, <laughs> right. And, and you just think about that and you put it into perspective and you're like okay so he can do all that for me and take away all my sin, but I can't accept whatever I'm supposed to learn in this one small hiccup on my life here on very short life on this earth um, for me to learn something and give up whatever I need to give up so that whatever his plan can come come to fruition. And I felt selfish and I felt, you know, like, whoa, you know, this is, I'm much smaller than that. So I really need to kind of buy into what I just said about, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's no feeling sorry for yourself. It's more about understanding what's part of the plan. And yeah, man. So, yeah. Jorge, uh, how did you test in and out compared to the two weeks that you're testing, you're testing in and out? Were you satisfied with the, with the results? The push-ups, yes. The push-ups? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so think, specific. I think I doubled double up or tripled something up. I, I don't remember. It was like 100 and... No, it was 86 minutes. 86? Oh, From eight. 40 or 50 in the beginning. Right on, right on. So, and the... The sit-ups, I think it was not good because I changed from from the carpet to real floor, so that started hurting my back. And yeah. I dropped it. That, that was bad strategy. And for the 5K, um, it was one minute, uh, like more on, on the on, on the closing period, and I think that was because my knee. But but I, uh, at the end, it, it was good. I mean. I have been. I was running last year, and when I started running in Solcon, I really pushed my heart myself in the last, let's say, mile or the last kilometer, because I just want to push it. Because the book said just push it hard, mm -hmm. it, and I'm not. I was not hitting for a time. I was just wanted to get that like um, breathing, and I'm like, okay, I did it. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a big fan of finishing strong. I'm not a. I would say I, an average starter when it comes to running and then when i got about a mile is when i start to kind of turn it on and i try not to leave anything in the tank um my test ins and outs i'm not really happy with them uh some things are going on with my body <laughs> i've turned 50 i'll be 51 next month and uh man my shoulders push-ups were so painful um yeah it was it was tough it was tough mark uh when you were testing in and out how did how did you uh you did a test in here this i know that you've been consistent in your workouts and everything how did that test in compared to your test outs in previous rounds i, w I would say definitely not a 50 percent increase um, i can remember it was probably somewhere around like 25 30 percent um and maybe that speaks to um potential or starting or or how much i push myself but if i remember i did it was somewhere around 53 push-ups and then test out of soul con number two was probably somewhere around around what he mentioned around 86 87 so 
somewhere in that gap. Um, but and, and then testing round three, I would say I was probably in pretty poor shape um, coming out of uh, the holidays and everything else going on. So, I mean, I think it was probably one of my worst 5Ks. So I had a lot of potential to, to, to pick back up and, and increase. But I think I was somewhere around maybe almost 38, 39 minutes, if I remember. And when we were running the running group doing that together, I mean, I'd gotten it down, I think, at some point to 30, 31. Mm -hmm. so. yeah, I think when we uh, tested out that, that last round, we were real close to 30. I mean, it, it speaks to, like, the, the, I guess, the how much you put in is what you get out, right? I mean, yeah. you can go all over the place, and if you really take care of yourself and kind of are consistent, you can really um, drive to a, a, another level, if you will. And if you let yourself go, you can also end up on the other side. Yeah. Of it, so. Let me read this. I, I got it highlighted in dark green, so it's hard to see. Do most strangers turn down expensive gifts? Likely not. So why do they turn down the gift that cannot be uh, bought at any amount of money? So asking, you know, the forgiveness of God is why do they have a hard time turning that? You know, they can turn that down, but an expensive gift uh, that's only a temporary gift, why do you think that is? What is hard about accepting God into their lives? I, I think it's just what Mark said. Uh, I think you said you need to die in him, that, that, die in him. So I think that's the most difficult part. Like, for example, just, just thinking that you can put your life on someone else is difficult. And if you don't have a good relationship or if you don't make a strong effort to get to know God, how, how are you going to be put alive on God? I think that, that, that's, that's, that's hard. Mark? Yeah, I mean, if I build on that, um, trust, right, is the word that comes to mind. Hmm. Does that person trust that when they go down that path and are willing to let the old versions of themselves die to become this new person, do they trust that it's actually going to take them to where they think it's going to take them? Do they trust that forgiveness? Do they trust that path? Do they trust the disciple that's speaking to them in that moment and saying, here's my testimony. This is this is what it could feel like or look like or where it could take you. Um, so it's it's a big step to, to commit to that and saying, I'm, I'm going to do that and, and go forward with it. So I think that's a big... Um, whether it's a mental block or just physical or maybe they just don't know or it's the first time they're being exposed to it, I think it's it's about do they trust that that's going to take them where they, they really want to go. Hmm. So evangelism is also part of the SoulCon Challenge. Did you guys find opportunities um, to tell others about Jesus? No, I, I, I didn't find because I didn't look for them. I was you know, I was having this conversation also with Scott again, but I think uh, my my main thing was like I want to be an example. Yeah. Uh, so I, if I want to preach, I want to to be the role model. So I think sometimes um, I just want to be doing it for myself first, and then bring more people on board. I think uh, Scott's doing a great example on that. He's consistent. He knows the the word of God. He do all these kind of things. So I think I'm shy of what, what I'm going to be. Uh, what what's the game that I'm going to be bring? So I, I think um, that's why not. But I I don't think I think that's an excuse because I can just share my experience, and and I mean God's going to be make all the work. Yeah, I think it comes easier when uh, you 
when you spend time with him and you build that relationship with him. And I mean that in just being, not getting it, well, getting into the word, yes, but making sure that you're spending the time during the day with him as, as any friendship, uh, you become more comfortable in it and you can speak more about that friendship. Um, yeah, so I think that, that I think that's a big key there. For, for me, I would say I normally would answer this question no, and it's because and I've shared this with you, Scott, and I think Dan alluded to it. Y'all had a conversation about um, being afraid of if you can't, you know, quote the Bible and you can't speak on this high level and make it so grandiose um, that you you stray away from from doing that. But I think since I've had that conversation, I've realized that it's just about sharing your testimony and and how that's brought you to God or what God's done for for you in your life. And I, and I would say yes, I think all through this process, even when I um, stepped away from it, uh, my brother was going through some stuff, my mom, um, and just sharing my testimony and where I was at with my relationship with God and how I had been using it to work through that situation. Um, just with those individuals, I know my younger brother was an atheist and he's starting to pray, you know? And so he's really starting to look to the Lord and he started sending me stuff and I was sharing some of the Stephen Furnick stuff with him. And so, um, so there's always opportunities around. You just have to be conscious that they're there and, and realize when someone's down out they're looking for something they're looking for someone to kind of step in and, and pour, have them uh, allow you to pour into them so I, I was excited to do that and glad that i've redefined that dynamic in my mind that it doesn't have to be um that if i don't know the bible word for word that i can't um, speak a testimony into somebody so. yeah i would also say that word grandiose i think that that's a tripping block for a lot of people it's got to be an amazing story or an um, you have to exact you just have and that's not that's not it you just have to be you and again it goes back to that relationship with god when you have that relationship it it goes through you into other people so yeah and it goes back to prayer too because i think like a lot of not just men but people in general have a hard time with prayer because they think it has to be grandiose and i think mark the way you said it earlier was it's just a conversation it doesn't have to be it'd be like us talking here this is how i talk honestly this is how i talk to god i'm like hey dude like what's going on, man? Hey, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um. Well, it's that time. <laughs> it is that time. Um. Alan, you want to? Yeah. So next week we will have Gary Gregory on to talk to us about his new book, The Super Fantastic Process. Again, don't forget we have the contest as well. So um, if you can go ahead and send those in, uh, that way we can pick a winner and. They're getting a copy of the book. Right on. So this was the last, this was the wrap-up meeting for SoulCon. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be moving on. we got some other things brewing for you guys in the next couple of weeks. we got Gary, like you said. Um, we've got Stephen, uh, Pastor Steve coming in and talking about minis- uh, ministries and uh, outreach, outreach yeah. and stuff. And then uh, after that, we've got Scott armadares talking about soul ties and i'm looking forward to that yeah i'm hoping my daughter is here for that one so yeah if uh yeah it's a great great word there um typically so our our ritual i don't want yeah ritual or um custom custom yes is to have our guests pray us out before before you pray i just want to give honor where honors do i thank you what you gentlemen are doing and bringing this out um i hope it, it continues to to increase and be spread amongst other men but i really want to, i think and i pray for you guys every day that it continues to do that so thank you for what you're doing and thank you for the opportunity for me and we're going to come thank you you. So. thank you absolutely fire god i want to thank you for allowing us to get together and work in this uh, message for all the men that need it 
Thank you for Allen, Scott, Mark, and Gabe. I ask you to give us strength and wisdom to see you and find you in every part of our life. I want to thank you for the good things and the bad things, also for the new things to come. God, thank you for everything. And thank you for allowing these men to come with this strong message. Amen. Amen. Dios, te quiero dar gracias por permitirnos estar juntos y trabajar en este mensaje para los hombres que lo necesitan. Gracias a Allen, Scott, Mark y Gabe. Te pido que nos des fuerza y sabiduría para verte y encontrarte en cada parte de nuestra vida. Te quiero dar las gracias por las cosas buenas, las cosas malas y las nuevas cosas que vienen. Dios, gracias por todo lo que nos das, por permitirnos a nosotros construir este mensaje para ti. Amén. 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 I don't know if you felt it, but I felt the Holy Spirit there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.